Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning in to this podcast. With the Feast of Candlemas, we draw to an end our celebration of Christmas and Epiphany and turn our faces towards Lent and the start of the most significant spiritual journey that any of us can make that leads to Passiontide and the joy of the resurrection at Easter. Do please leave a comment or a like, it's always good to hear from you. And if you'd like to help to, if you'd like to donate to help support these services, you'll find details in the accompanying text of how to do so. And now may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our service begins. From the prophet Isaiah, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me.
Lord be with you. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist as we commemorate our patron saint Bridget of Kildare. It's wonderful that you can join us online for this service. We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The saints were faithful unto death and now dwell in the heavenly kingdom forever. As we celebrate their joy, let us bring to the Lord our sins and weaknesses and ask for his mercy. Almighty God, our heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us. Forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We stand for the glory.
Almighty God, who enkindled in the heart of Bridget the living flame of your love, stir the cold embers of our hearts and lead us to the wellsprings of eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honour and glory, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphim to me, having in his hand a burning coal which he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away and your sin forgiven. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. I would remind you, brethren, in what terms I preached to you the gospel, which you received, in which you stand, by which you are saved, if you hold it fast, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve. Then he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me, for I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God which is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. While the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had ceased speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great shoal of fish, and as their nets were breaking, they beckoned to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both the boats, so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. Henceforth you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It is rather nice to be able to put our very own patron saint, St Bride, otherwise known as St Bridget of Kildare, centre stage this morning, because given the very special role that she ought to have in our lives, I can't help feeling that she has, on occasions, remained somewhat in the shadows here. For many years, Guild Sunday has coincided with her feast day at the start of February, which is by no means inappropriate, of course, given that it is a guild that bears her name. But inevitably, those particular Sundays could end up focusing rather more on the guild than on the saint. And if you look around our wonderful church today, there are relatively few places where she features in our art and our imagery. Most obviously, of course, we have a splendid statue of her looking down upon our nave for those visitors who happen to raise their eyes heavenwards and see her. And there are some other Bridget-related symbols too, of which I shall say more in a moment, but sometimes you have to look very closely in order to find them. There are several reasons why it feels very timely for us to be giving St Bride a higher profile within our life here in this church that is dedicated in her name and to her memory. But before I say any more about that, what do we know about her? 
For any of you who are unfamiliar with her story, Bride, Bridget, the patroness or Mother Saint of Ireland, is said to have been born in the late 5th century, just outside Kildare. As with many of the ancient Celtic saints, it is almost impossible to disentangle historical fact from mythology and folktale where her story is concerned. And the fact that she happens to share the name of a Celtic pagan goddess complicates things still further. Nevertheless, the story goes that Bride was a rich man's daughter who gave away her father's wealth to beggars, much to his annoyance because it was without his consent. Tradition has it that she was baptised by St Patrick and that she went on to embrace the religious life, founding several abbeys, most famously the one at Kildare that bears her name. She was reputed to be a woman of profound compassion, whose hospitality was quite literally the stuff of legend. This included her alleged ability to be able to turn bath water into beer when unexpected visitors showed up, who I'm sure were as appreciative as they were bemused. You have got to love a patron saint who can pull that one off. And like many of the Celtic saints, Bridget was said to have had a particular affinity with the natural world. I've often noticed this amongst holy men and women of all faith traditions, and certainly those within the Christian fold. When I was for many years chaplain to the community of St John the Divine in Birmingham, I was often struck by how attentive some of the sisters could be to the things around them, to people and situations, but also to the simple wonders of creation. When I first joined them, one of the most frail and elderly of the sisters always carried a magnifying glass with her in case she found an insect or a leaf or something else of interest to look at closely when she was in the convent garden. Her sense of respect and wonder and her capacity to treasure even the most insignificant and minuscule parts of God's creation, things that I myself would have completely overlooked, always served to remind me of how unobservant I am and how readily I take for granted the wonders of the natural world. St Bridget's sixth century biographer, Cogitosus, wrote this. Holy Bridget, whom God had chosen beforehand to be conformed and predestined to his image, was born of noble Christian parents. As the chosen of God, she was indeed a girl of great modesty, who, as she grew in years, grew also in serenity. Once a wild boar that was being hunted charged out of the forest and in the course of its panicking flight, careered into a herd of pigs that belonged to the most blessed Bridget. She noticed its presence and blessed it. Immediately, the creature lost its sense of fear and settled down quietly among the herd of pigs. See, my friends, how even the wild beasts could not resist either her bidding or her will. 
but served her docilely and humbly. From this and many other episodes which demonstrated her power, it is certain that Blessed Bridget could command the affection of wild animals, cattle and the birds of the air. I mentioned that there are other symbols of St Bridget in our church which can easily be overlooked. One of them is in fact on the front of the lectern at which I'm now standing, which if ever you come to visit us here, you'll see displays the image of a ring of fire. The same symbol appears around the perimeter of the medallions worn by members of the Guild of St Bride, which has at its centre a Celtic cross, another reminder of our Irish heritage. And the reason for this symbol? It is said that in pagan times in Kildare, a ritual fire was kept permanently alight to invoke protection on cattle and upon the harvest. When St Bridget built her abbey, she continued the custom of keeping this fire alive, but now as a symbol of the light of Christ, a light that no amount of darkness can ever extinguish. When our medieval Guild of St Bride, confirmed by royal decree in 1375, was originally founded, part of its original purpose was to keep a light permanently shining before the statue of St Bridget. As some of you will know, we reconnected with that particular medieval tradition at the start of the first lockdown in 2020, when, our doors having had to close, we kept a candle burning in front of the altar each day. And we've continued that tradition. It's the light that's currently standing on the altar behind me here. And its significance continues to speak to me, because not only does it realign us with the story of the perpetual fire of St Bridget, but it also encapsulates our task here today to strive to keep alive the flame of faith in this holy place and to ensure that the perpetual light of Christ continues to burn for each new generation and in so doing to inspire others to seek that light and to hear Christ's call. Another symbol of St Bridget that you will find downstairs in our crypt chapel, albeit in a temporary form at the moment, is the distinctive cross of St Bridget. If you're watching on video, I have one with me here. Typically, it's a small cross that is woven from rushes, unlike the one I'm holding at the moment, which has four arms and a square in the centre. And the tradition continues in Ireland that these crosses are woven on the 1st of February, St Bridget's Day. It has been common practice to see Bridget crosses over doorways to protect that particular home from harm. Like so much about St Bridget, it's likely that this too, in some form, has pre-Christian origins. And yet there is a specifically Christian story behind it too. The story that tells how Bridget was attending to an elderly dying man in a house 
the floor of which was strewn with rushes, as was the custom in that, those days. Bridget picked up some rushes from the floor and began to weave them into a cross. Intrigued, the man asked her what she was doing, and she spoke to him about the cross of Christ, the cross that it symbolised. And she spoke to him about God's love and grace and forgiveness. The man then asked for baptism on his deathbed. Fact and folktale are woven closely together in the story of St Bride. Does that matter? Well, throughout the whole of human history, for people of all cultures and backgrounds, story has been the principal way in which human beings have communicated the most profound truths of human existence from generation to generation. That, of course, is also why Jesus delivered so much of his own teaching in the form of story, as parables. Parables are stories that encapsulate and deliver challenging and uncomfortable truths, and they do so in a particularly memorable way. It's up to us whether we're able to hear those truths and act upon them. But look at the themes and associations that are woven through the story of our wonderful patron saint. Her profound compassion for the poor and the needy and the dying. Her readiness to give up her privileged life and her freedom in the service of Christ. And remember to do so in a hostile pagan environment. Her generous hospitality and ministry of welcome her love and respect for creation and the natural world, her determination to keep the light of Christ perpetually afire so that others too might come to know that light, her inspiration to those who followed her, who travelled across Europe, taking Christ's message of new life and new light and new hope and new freedom with them some of whom clearly found their way here, to this place, just outside the walls of the Roman city of Londinium, sometime during the sixth century. The reason why we are gathered here on this holy spot today. What better reminder could we have of our own true calling and true priorities as a community of faith than the example of that remarkable 5th century Irish woman who gave her name to this wonderful, wonderful church. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the priest. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten and not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. 
was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, today we remember our patron Saint Bride, Abbess of Kildare. We pray for the leaders of your holy churches throughout the world, for Justin and Stephen, our archbishops, Sarah, our bishop, and Alison, our rector. We pray also today for the Church of Ireland and for John McDowell, primate of all Ireland and Archbishop of Amar, for the Church in Hamar in Norway and for Solveig Fisk, Bishop. In our own diocese we pray for the Westminster Paddington Deanery, for Stephen Mason, Area Dean, and for the Deanery Synod its lay chairman and treasurer. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, St. Bride was a woman of peace, who brought harmony where there was conflict, who brought light to the darkness, who brought hope to the downcast. May the mantle of your peace cover those who are troubled and anxious, and may peace be firmly rooted in our hearts and in our world. Inspire us to act justly and to reverence all that you have made. We give thanks for the faithful service of Her Majesty the Queen on the 70th anniversary of her accession to the throne. We pray for our government and for members of parliament and for the leaders of the nations. We pray for women in positions of leadership around the world and especially in those lands where they are de denied freedoms. We pray for journalists. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, Saint Bride was a voice for the wounded and the weary. Strengthen what is weak within us. Calm us into a quietness that heals and listens. May we grow each day into greater wholeness in mind, body and spirit. We ask for your blessing 
on all in our parish community in this city and around the world who are in need and on all who suffer. We pray for those who mourn and for the repose of the souls of all the recently departed and those whose year's mind comes at this time. Rest eternal grant unto them, O Lord, and let light perpetual shine upon them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We commend ourselves and all for whom we have prayed to the mercy and protection of God. Merciful Father, accept, accept these prayers, prayers for the, for the sake, sake of, of your Son, Son our, our Saviour, Saviour Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Will you please stand? May the God of peace sanctify you. May he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before him at the coming of our Lord Jesus with his saints. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks that your glory is revealed in Bridget and all the saints, in their lives you have given us an example of faithfulness to Christ. In their holiness we find encouragement and hope. In our communion with them we share the unity of your kingdom. Therefore with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven we proclaim your great and glorious name forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself, made once for all upon the cross, we proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours for ever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy, we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, 
but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Let us pray. God of truth, whose wisdom set her table and invited us to eat the bread and drink the wine of the kingdom, help us to lay aside all foolishness and to live and walk in the way of insight that we may come with Bridget to the eternal feast of heaven through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen.
God give you grace to follow his saints in faith and hope and love, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit rest upon you and remain with you now and always. Amen. Amen.